Welcome to the Code Chronicles podcast. Today's episode features Michael Chan, a developer experience engineer at Chromatic, a creator, podcaster, YouTuber, and an all-around great human being. Hope you enjoy. Michael, thanks so much for being on our show. We're excited to have you with us. Oh, I'm excited to be here. It's a it's a real honor. Thanks for having me. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and the things that you're working on these days. Yeah, so a little bit about me. Uh, my name is uh, Michael Chan. I go by any part of that on the internet. It's like Michael Chan. Chantastic is where I go. Uh, you know, my avatar on like most most places on the internet. Um, and yeah, I you know it's it's funny. I think we'll probably talk about this, you know, through the course of the episode, just, you know, but like this year has, this last couple of years has been kind of like this really weird kind of like stepping away from the things that I uh, have, have, have associated myself with in the past and just like re-exploring. So um, I would say I'm not like over the last year in particular, I'm not doing anything like particularly noteworthy except just trying to like build myself back up again. Um, but yeah, in the past, I've I've hosted a, a React podcast. Um, I've I've done a bunch of a handful of things for the React community, including like you know talks or React cheat sheet or React patterns, like a handful of stuff. Done some courses with Egghead, and um, this last year, I've been building up a kind of like developer creator community um, that we call Lunch Dev, which is really fun. We just do a lot of hangouts where we learn a bunch of stuff together, um, which has been a really nice. Uh, reprieve for me sorry i'm I'm just gonna dive right in i hope that that's that that's totally all right um just because you know i did so i did react podcasts for i think like two and a half years and it was like weekly episodes and i really didn't miss except for like plans times like holidays and, and whatnot um and looking back that was uh just too much <laughs> it was way too much and um and i think while I was like incredibly productive during that time, I really missed out on just being able to do stuff for fun. And just that joy of like sitting down in front of a computer with some some docs and an open editor and just just tinkering with stuff. Because um, it was just all like just all on all the time, right? Like I was working all day. And then, you know, I'd do the podcast thing. And it was like every hour that wasn't like me making food and like just watching movie like movies with my family was consumed by something that had to be productive. And that was just, it kind of burned me out a little bit. Um, so yeah, I've just been having a really fun year of just, you know, getting to meet people, like taking things a little bit less seriously and, you know, hanging out and streaming on occasion. No, you know, no schedule, just doing what I like. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, <laughs> that's more than you bargained for with this question, but yeah, <laughs> that's me. That's perfect. And so as you go into 2022, what are some criteria that you use to decide what you're going to say yes to? Because I'm sure there's a ton of people, us included, who would love to have you on their podcast or speaking at their conference or writing a guest blog post for them. So what do you say no to and what do you decide what to choose to say yes to? Oh, that is such a great question. I... Haven't figured it out yet, so I'm going to be like totally honest about that. Like I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of like a, a handful of you know conference talks and um, just like things that I want to do, uh, and just like you know fun or like even just playing video games. Like I'm super into Destiny Two right now. Like they have a new DLC that's like freaking awesome, and I can't stop playing it when I'm not doing other things. Um, 
I think so. Every year I try to enter with a theme, and my theme this year is uh, play. Uh, I think I've been so serious, like trying to maximize value for for like any effort uh, that I take on. And I think this year, like I want to like think more about like how an individual thing is serving me as a human, right? Like, am I having fun doing it? Do I enjoy it? Is it um, something that is intrinsically valuable, not like future valuable? Like, ah, oh, like I, you know, if I keep doing this every, you know, every week for the next like three years, I'll have an audience of this size or whatever, like all that stuff that we keep like grasping for, I think. Um, but like, I, I just, you know, after a handful of years, like it just none of that stuff really like served me emotionally, right? Like it, it, it feels good, kind of like when it starts to happen, and you see the needle moving a little bit. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I just, you know, did like, was it good? Right. And so I think that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out this year is like, how can I make sure that when I do those things, that it's coming from a place of like just personal excitement, things that I want to do anyway. And then I found a way to actually like, kind of like, you know, double dip, I guess. Um, but not thinking about it from the terms of like engagement or audience development first, and then like backdooring into like <laughs> how that affects me. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, sorry. I have a, a tendency to ramble, so I'm going to, I'm going to stop it there. No, I think that's, I, I think it's great. And you hit on a lot of great points. And, um, I know it's like, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, um, I take that stance to where I want to focus on the things that make me happy and bring me joy. And I want, yeah. I always say, I want every aspect of my life to be something that I look forward to. I want to mm. look forward to Monday. I want to look forward to Friday. I want to look forward to Saturday. I want to look forward to work and, and home. And, um, so I've structured my life in a way that everything feels like play, even if I make money doing it yeah. at the same time, culture drives us to say, okay, what are the KPIs around this? Or like, how much money yeah. are you making? Are you doing better at playing this game than <laughs> the next person? So it's really hard to, um, to get yourself out of the habit of, of doing that, like putting metrics around it or being like, okay, well, I need to be even more productive at, at playing or make more episodes and be more consistent about this and that. So, um, yeah, I can, I can totally relate. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I think part of it is there's definitely an age component for me, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting really close to 40 now and the amount of, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I care about differently now. And, you know, for me, it's like, I, you know, I value, you know, my kids are, uh, I don't know, they're, they're like around 10, both of them. Right. And so it's like it, this idea of like, you know, I'm kind of like running out of like my best years to be able to like spend with them before they have, you know, lives of their own doing like other, other things that don't really involve me anymore. Um, you know, also it's like, just kind of, I have a lot less energy, right? Like there was a, there was a time where I could just, I could just code for like 24 hours straight and like, you know, be fine. And that's just that, time has passed. <laughs> like I don't, I just don't have it in the tank anymore. So I think there's a lot of, um, you know, constraints and I don't know, like maybe that's a little bit 
uh, reductionist. Like, I don't mean that for everybody. Some people go into their 60s with bounding energy. Like, it's just not me. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, like figuring that out, like figuring out my like personal health is, I think, has been something that I've had to figure out over the last like five years in particular, um, as I've realized, like, man, I just can't, um, I just can't keep keep running this thing if I expect it to go the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, my, I, I guess kind of in a, in a very real way, uh, you know, five years ago, my, my dad passed away and um, he was just like classic, like Chinese immigrant, like just, just burning the candle at both ends, like a hundred percent of the time, right? Like I literally don't know when the man slept because <laughs> He was, you know, up after us and and up before us all the time. So, like, I don't think he did sleep. Um, but, you know, he he died way too soon because he just he he didn't sleep. Right. Like very directly, like he didn't sleep enough. And so his blood pressure got out of control and like destroyed his kidneys and he just ran it too hard for too long. And um, that was a real eye opener for me uh, to realize, like you know, in as there's always going to be more. Right. And my job is to figure out how much more I can get in a healthy way, instead of just like identifying that there is more to get because there's always going to be more right. And that's not going to make me happy. Like being happy is going to be finding out like what the what the hard parameters are for me. And then just like just being happy with it. And and I think that that's actually like very human to feel like, you know, like I did the best with what I was given to do so. And um, yeah, it's hard though. It's hard to just be like, I know I could do it. Like I could do it. I could be this person or that person and, you know, have the audience that they have. And, um, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't, doesn't matter that much. <laughs> yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm um, in a, sim- take your story and rewind it quite a few years. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. We've got I've got a two-year-old and a ten-week-old, yeah. so there's a lot going on at home. Um, working on a working on a podcast and trying to get back out there in the community a little bit more after everything that's happened with COVID kind of took me away from that. Um, and so that's one of the that's one of the things that I'm trying to figure out for myself is is where does that balance sit? Because the time with my family is extremely important to me, yeah. And so I don't want to endanger that. Um, but and coupled with that, I want to be out there in the community, uh, providing value and, and, and doing things for other people. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking through a lot lately is, uh, I, I used to think of balance as like a scale and you had what you want, you know, one thing on one side, one thing on the other. And as soon as you got the, the equation, right, you were set. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I have come to find that it's much more like walking a tightrope. It is a constant active <laughs> role where balance is not something you attain, but balance is something you do. Yeah. You have to be constantly evaluating, constantly looking at, um, what's there as as you've articulated, what's there, what's important to me. And, uh, how do I, how do I be happy with what I've chosen? Yeah. And that's like, that's super hard as a human, right? Like the idea of being happy with your decisions, like it's just not human. Like we were just never happy with our decisions. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, that's a really hard part of it is like just living with the decisions that you've made and kind of the, you know, living in the future of those decisions, right? Because every decision is a projection and it leads you to some 
some reality down the road, which you will have to live with. And that sucks sometimes because you're like, yeah, no, I chose this and uh, I chose poorly. (laughs) 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 Um, And to use your analogy of balance, um, I've I've really been thinking about this, too, um, because we do have a very narrow idea, I think, culturally of what balance looks like. And for me, it's it's been thinking about it from the perspective of a like like an oscillation, right? Like you know, like a sound wave, right? Like you know, we're recording this thing, and I can actually see the sound waves right now. And like the interesting thing about sound waves is that they're like periods of compression and uh, decompression, whatever the whatever the gap part of that is. <laughs> we'll go with decompression. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's like compression and release, right? And so. You know, you see this like this is this is life, right? Like you know, even with your 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 blood, the way that it goes through your body, right? Like it's you know, it, it's pumping, right? It isn't this. It isn't this thing. It's not a steady stream, right? It's always kind of like in and out, in and out, in and out, binary, one zero, one zero, one zero. And I think something that's been helpful for me is to think about my life a little bit more seasonally, and ask myself: Is this a season where I'm pushing, or is this a season where I'm pulling? And that is that is really hard to do because you in, in in both of those periods, you regret the decision that you're not making, um, you know, and it's like, you know, you're pushing and, you know, like every week you're week you're at a conference or you're, you know, on a podcast or whatever, when you know that when you, you know, sh- feel like you should be spending that time with family or friends or whatever, um, but making having a framework with which you make those commitments can be really helpful um, to remind yourself, no, I've chosen for this season that I'm going to push. And then I've chosen for this season that I'm going to pull. And that is, that is hard because you're never like satisfied, right? I think all of us want to find that, 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 that piece in life where it's like, I go through my day and perfectly execute on all of the metrics that I want to uh, execute on. Um, But I just don't think that's, I don't think that's the way we're wired. I think that it's definitely more of a like an oscillation where we, you know, choose periods of time to, you know, push and pull. Agreed. So, and then to add additional complications to that <laughs> is <laughs> sorry, right? Um, to add additional complications to that is that maybe you're in a season of push, but everybody else just needs to take a break. Or maybe you're in a season yeah. of just like relax and everybody else is in a season of, hey, let's go, go, go. Or I really thought of you as a perfect candidate for this project that I'm working on. Um, and then you feel like you're letting people down because you you can't say yes to everything and yeah. you need to um, you need to take a break sometimes. And um, so, yeah, everything you said resonates with me so much. Ray, what were you about yeah, to so- say? Yeah. Uh, uh, so in that, in that vein of, of oscillation and, and of needing to kind of define that for yourself, uh, for someone, uh, let, let's say a, a listener is wanting to kind of start ramping up some of that content creation yeah. as you've articulated there, it's an investment, right? It's an investment of your time, of your energy, sure. and that's going to take something from you. Um, someone who's, who's coming to that new, uh, any advice or, or any tips on how they can, accurately assess is this is this an investment i want to make and how large of an investment can i make yeah that's a great question um so i have started doing this thing over the last couple years where i project into the future by a year 
and it's kind of like it's a really low uh low feedback loop but you know i've had a number of years and i recognize that like kind of the year cycle is something that that works for me um and so uh what i've started doing is i catalog like how i'm feeling and what my expectations for like a month are um in the next month and actually this was kind of like or the next year so this is something that was like birthed uh for me out of kind of like personal feelings right where i would miss a uh you know uh so i'm okay sorry i'm gonna have to back up a little bit a little bit about me there are there are no days that exist except for today in my mind <laughs> so like the only thing that the only thing in my world right now that's happening is us having this conversation. I have no idea like what the rest of my day looks like until we're done here. And I look at the calendar again, I'll be like, Oh yeah, I have a, like, you know, whatever else is going on. Um, I'm just like, that's just the way that my mind works. And so that has made me a terrible, like boyfriend, uh, husband, father, because like, I just don't see around the corner. Right. Like I, I, like I have no idea that your birthday is coming up because like it, it'll, it'll be today eventually. And I'll think about it when it's today and I'll be there a hundred percent. But like, like I had no idea that it was tomorrow. Right. Cause there's no tomorrow for me. Um, and so I have had to kind of like do this thing where on the calendar, I will put an event for myself like 15 days before that thing like 15 days before valentine's day it's like hey like get a reservation somewhere and like do the thing and so i've started this cycle of like when i fail at something that's when i put a, th a marker for myself in the future on a calendar like for it to be that day like something in, like before it right like so like 15 days before this is what i need to care about this thing like and like i don't have to think about like oh valentine's day is coming up it's just like oh this is the day that i do the things for valentine's day whenever the heck that is <laughs> ah, I like that. so it's kind of like reverse engineering your your time yes yeah and so like i know that like january i'm not i'm not doing any content stuff right mm -hmm. like and it's not like because i don't want to i'd love to be the type of person who's able to like just do consistent content stuff all years but like January doesn't happen for me. It's way too hard just to get back into the groove of things at work, like to also like ramp up like whatever content thing I'm trying to do. Like it's just too many things. So like January is like dead air for me. And like that just came from just real, like being honest about the way that I felt in January and not wanting to do that stuff and being like, you know what? February is just as good. <laughs> <laughs> um. I have a question about when you when you got started and why. Like, what made you decide to create your first piece of content? Was there a was there a a goal like a job goal, um, or was it just for you for your own personal fun? Yeah, I. It's kind of. I'm trying to think about like what was first, and I think that there like first and foremost was this tiny little. Uh, library it was a CSS library and it was something that I'd kind of developed um, over the like a couple months uh, for like a tooltip and it was something that I was doing doing at work it was like CSS only it was um, it was really cool I felt really good about it and I was like oh you know this is something that I would like to um, kind of just 
open source, right? And that was probably like my first like foray into open source. And um, yeah, I think that that was uh, like a non event. Mm. <laughs> um, the, but like later, as I started to like kind of like developing my career, I had kind of a really fascinating thing that happened accidentally. I went to one of my first conferences, which was um, EmberConf, I think it was the first one in, I don't know, 2023 or 24 or 2014 or something like that. (laughs) And I was sitting there and I was totally alone uh, because I'd never, you know, I had no network at that point. And so I didn't know anybody. And I was like, well, what can I do to really... um, integrate this content or like integrate the talks, integrate everything into my brain. And so I had been playing around the idea with like of sketch noting. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And so I was sitting there, I was doing the sketch note thing. And afterwards I had that kind of like moment of like, Oh, should I share this? Or is this just for me? And I decided to go with sharing it. And I, you know, tagged the, you know, I used the the conference hashtag and I tagged the speaker and all that kind of stuff, which was uncomfortable for me, you know, just being, you know, like a nobody at this conference. It was super, it was a big reach. (laughs) Um, But holy cow, like it was like the wildest, uh, it was like a wild experience for me from that point to like, meet people have them be excited about the thing that i had made even though it was like i mean these are not great notes like they they were <laughs> fine right like i did okay Mediocre. <laughs> um, and like man i was like it, it was a it opened my eyes to the idea that being part of a community building a network isn't about numbers it's about it's about relationships and there are so many ways in which you can find a direct path into relationship and sharing is such a beautiful way to do that um especially when you are putting your when you're like shining a spotlight on something that someone else is doing um and i think ever since then that's really been kind of my favorite way to um like develop my like community or network. I know that there's a lot of, you know, strategies for like getting those numbers up. I have never been someone who like does numbers on pretty much anything that I do. Um, but I do feel like when I think about like my network and I'm putting like my finger quotes up, um, there are a lot of people that, that I feel trust me in a different way than they do someone with numbers. And I think that for me, that's the more valuable piece of things is I want to feel like, you know, even with React Podcast, I just wanted to feel like I had a conversation, a connection with somebody and gave them a moment that they felt like they were, they, that was memorable to them. And one of the biggest compliments for me is when I talk with someone later and, uh, and it feels like we've been friends a long time, even though we only had like one 45 minute conversation together. And I, yeah, that's, I think that's what I'm after is like, I want, I, I want fewer, but like deeper connections with people. And, um, I think, you know, social media is a way to get your foot in the door, um, to, to 
getting those contacts, you know, as I, as I'd mentioned with the conference thing. And so just finding, finding a way for, for you to comfortably approach people. Um, it doesn't, you know, in, in this case, it, like, I didn't have to like go up and awkwardly say like, Hey, whatever, I'm a big fan. Like, you know, whatnot. It's just like, you know, just a tweet. And then people got excited about it. So yeah, that was, that was like my first notable piece of content, I guess. I love that. <laughs> and I know people can't see our me and Ray's heads nodding, but as you were talking about the podcast stuff, that's exactly what we talked about when we were putting this podcast together was just having really good conversations with folks and like yeah. having those deeper human connections. And tweet, Twitter is, it's been since COVID been like my only source of adult contact pretty much outside of work. Right. Um, so this, <laughs> this is a great outlet for that. Um, and I want to talk more about community, but first I wanted to ask how has content creation impacted your career and building this community? Has it, um, made opportunities easy for you, created opportunities for you or speak a little bit more on that? Yeah, um, definitely. So short answer, short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just that thing that we already talked about is like, just, just developing relationships. And it's, I see, you know, content as an opportunity to build those relationships. And so um, I, I really don't care about <laughs> like any like given piece of content except to like build relationships, even stuff that's like, that's like strictly, um, you know, things like react patterns, which is, you know, just strictly a piece of content that's about, you know, the first steps that you'll take in, in react and understanding handful patterns. Um, that really has nothing to do with like me telling someone how to use react. I see it as an invitation to say like, Hey, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. Like we all had to learn these things at one point. And this is basically my cheat sheet for how I remember like what the difference between a higher order component and a, you know, I don't even remember the names anymore. See, I wouldn't even be able to, I'd have to look at the index to even know what the terms are. Um, <laughs> uh, but like more of an invitation, right? Like, Hey, like you don't have, like you, nobody expects you to know everything up front on day one. Like maybe there's people out there who see me as like a react expert or whatever. And if they do, you know, they have this resource that's like leading them from like just one component into like the, the next step. And so for me, it's like, it's less about, I want to be seen as an expert and more as like, I want to be seen as someone who uh, has a lot of invitations, right? To, to kind of the thing that, that, that we're learning together, or, you know, to me, if anybody cares about that specifically, <laughs> but um, yeah, I see content as, as really like invitations for like deeper relationships. That's awesome. I, I absolutely love that. I think uh, when anyone uses the phrase like create content, it conjures up just SEO and clickbaity oh, titles yeah. or tweets and and all of the all of the <laughs> things that like normal people don't like. Right? We don't we don't want to yeah. be like marketed to, right? That's that's all marketing. We don't want to be marketed to. Yeah, uh, we want to connect with other human beings, and I. I um, relationships being the foundation of content creation that really resonates with me yeah yeah one of my favorite things i think gary vaynerchuk said this and he said something like if content is king context is god and i 
like I don't even know what it means, but it's like provocative. (laughs) 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 But I do, I do think that at least the way that I understand it is, is that all of your content needs to reflect your intent and having an intent of, you know, invitation, having an intent of like wanting to grow with people, um, having those deeper connections, uh, having that context in everything that you write is, 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 is a good thing. Or, I mean, that's what it is for me. Maybe it's something else. Maybe people just want the numbers and that's also, that's also fine. People do great with that strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, tell us about, um, lunch dev. Cause, um, as we talk about community, I know this is a, it's probably one of the main avenues of, maintaining community for you these days. So tell us what is lunch dev um, and what can people expect to, to gain from being part of that community? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so lunch dev is um, a discord server uh, that I started like maybe like a year and a half ago. I actually probably started it like three years ago, but it was just like, it just sat there dormant, you know, waiting for, waiting for an event. Um, so, but like about a year and a half ago, like I actually started it in, in earnest. And, um, it was, it, it was in response to like a DM that I got from Joe Warren and he just hit me up and he's like, Hey, like, I love the podcast, but like, where's the, where's the community? And I was like, it, this is it. Like you're in the community. It's just my DMS. <laughs> and, um, and he was like, well, you know what, here's the deal. Like if you start someplace, like I'll show up and, you know, we'll do some, do some stuff together. And I just thought that like, that was something that I just couldn't, couldn't refuse. Right. Like, you know, if, if my goal is further relationship, you know, to have someone who's like, Hey, I just want to hang out with you and we'll do this thing together. Um, that was that was huge. And so I was like, well, you know, if we start this discord thing, and it's just the two of us like that's enough. And uh, we did and it's been, it's been really awesome. It's been a challenge, but it's been really awesome to um, in terms of like, what people can expect to get from it. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> totally <laughs> um, <fair. laughs> it's been I think for me, it's been a really great way to connect with people on a more human level than like standard social media. And so I've really enjoyed being able to process the things that are happening on social media with people that, that I trust and are interested in the same things that I am. Um, You know, so for example, you know, like the world over the last like six months has just been going crazy about web three and NFTs and all that stuff. And there's no way to have a nuanced conversation about that on Twitter. Right. Like you get you, you, you say anything and like people from both sides are going to tell you what an idiot you are. And (laughs) (laughs) And that's what, that's what Twitter's for, right? Like it's for like the, the the extremes, the polarization, the engagement, it's an engagement network. And you know, that's about extremes and polarization. And one of my favorite things was like being able to ask that question in discord and talk with a bunch of, you know, like, like-minded people and have like a fairly nuanced conversation about like what the, like what the details are, like what the things we were missing are like what we, you know, is it something that if we did miss out, would we care at the end of the day? Mm. <laughs> and that's, I think what people 
um, at least what I get most out of it. Um, I think from there's a another part of it though where I've I've been really delighted to be a part of seeing people's um, like content journey over the last you know year and a half. A lot of people. Um, in that community, you know, started shows that they might not have started because they had a group of people who were really excited to see them like take off and, you know, showed up for all of their early events and help like um, seed a community around their their content. That part of it is. It, it's hard to say, like, that's not like a guarantee, right? Like, because it kind of you get what you give type of thing. And if you're excited to show up for other people, then they'll be excited to show up for you. Um but seeing that happen and see people like build careers um, around their like streaming content or, you know, whatnot, like I would never take credit for their work, but, but feel them having the confidence to start. Um, that is something that I, that I, I do feel like um, I've had a part in for a number of um, really awesome creators and, uh, that part just excites me and I want to do I want to do more and more of that for sure. That's amazing. And I would say, you know, I know you're you're I feel like you're being modest, but um that that is a big role in somebody's life to even just give them the confidence to start something or just being that one person just kind of how Joe was for you like if you do it, I'll show up. I'll be there. Yeah. Um you know, sometimes that's all it needs. That that's all the spark that it needs to turn things into something huge. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like, I, I feel like it's like, I think the sparks like from like a revelation that I had to make when I like was kind of, I guess like, I don't know. I want to say like kind of that post senior transition where mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, I knew basically everything that I needed to know to like have a productive career, like, it, like on a team but then that transition where you realize that like the really the most important things that you're going to do for the rest of your career have absolutely zero to do with code and everything to do with people and that was like a really hard thing for me emotionally because i think that it requires a it requires an honest death of your expectations about yourself right because up to that point your whole journey is about gaining knowledge right is it, 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 filling your head with all the things that you need to know and after that point like it's it's about fostering the gaining of knowledge and experience for other people mm. and like if you're not if you're not emotionally prepared to let other people be the star of the show and like you be the guide like you're obi-wan kenobi now you're like an <laughs> old guy in a in a brown like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> tunic like just like helping people on their you know journey like if you can't see yourself like that it's like you know you 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 risk really ostracizing yourself and not doing um really great work in other people's lives and like some people don't want to right like and that's fair like i don't i don't want to like kind of say that there's only one path here like i, I think everyone has like a different road to walk. But I know for me, like when I was honest with myself, I was like, you know what? Like I'm never going to be the, the smartest, the fastest, like the strongest like person out there, but I can reach that 10 X by like helping 10 people. Ooh, that's so good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that's I think that's like, that's more of what I, I, I want to do. And I want to, 
And I think that's what led the, what has led me a little bit more into this, this, this feeling of community, which is like, I can like, I can be the guy who like, you know, has done content enough to get people excited that like when I show up for a stream, I'm, I'm there a hundred percent. And like, this goes back to those roots of just kind of sharing, uh, sharing those notes, like, you know, for that first conference I went to, like, I want to be the person who's like in the front seat or like, just blowing up chat like on an online conference, right? Like that's the person that I want to be because like people need it, right? Like we just feel so like, you know, you're really putting yourself out there anytime you do something. And like, I just want to be that person who's like just reflecting back, like the glory that I see coming off of you because like, that's like, people need it. People need, it. we need more of it. So, so true. Yes. And I th like, that hits home on so many levels, but, um, yeah, one of the myths about content creation, I think, is that people just think that the content creators just know everything and they've got all the confidence because they know everything. And so <laughs> they don't need anybody to cheer them on. They don't need anybody to tell them, you know, it's good or even give them feedback that says, okay, no, you could tweak this a little bit, or you missed a comma here or something yeah. in your blog post, but it's so necessary. Um, and thinking of that, what is what is one myth, if you could think of one, um, or one thing that you wish more people knew about content creation? Oh yeah, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go two because they're like kind of related. Like so, I think the first one is is that you have to be original, right? Yeah. Like that's just nonsense, right? Like you don't have to be original. And I mean, like most of what I have done has been just like kind of like reworking someone else's stuff to be like to share my understanding of it right mm -hmm. so like that's a that's a that's a powerful thing like you know so when you like take that course when you like do that mdn article you put it in your own terms and then you share that and like that is like that is gold like and you know share your sources right like people want to be lifted up like you know like people people are super excited I don't know anybody who's going to like see a, t a, a tweet where like you hype up their content and doesn't like retweet it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, the, that's the back door into like every content creators, like, like stream. Right. Like that's, we're all humans, right? Like we want to see that something meant something to somebody and we're going to that. Yeah. So just, just do that. Right. Like that's the, that's the first thing. Um, and then I think the other thing is like that, that somehow, the second one is, is that like, somehow there's only like, like it's a zero sum game, right? Like that's total nonsense as well. That, like we live in this, this era of abundance and like there's enough out there for everybody right now. So someone having success on something that you also care about doesn't mean that you can't also have success there too. There's so much opportunity out there right now. It's just like get out of that mindset. Like start training yourself differently. There can be like a thousand experts on a thing and like and infinitely more people who, you know, care about the way that you you specifically present it. So that's what I would say. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think of, um, right now I'm working on a TypeScript course and I have accountability partners and one accountability partner happens to be also working on a TypeScript course, Joe Praveet. <laughs> um, another one is Kent C. Dodds, who was like, you know, I was going to do a TypeScript course, but I might not have time for it right now. But 
he is one of my accountability buddies. <laughs> and um, like you said, it's not it's it's not a zero sum game. Like we can all there can be there's plenty of room for TypeScript courses or courses oh, on yeah. React or whatever it is. Um, and I think everyone if you're putting your own unique spin on it, um, just this is the way that I understand what you said. This is the way that I understand what I read. Um, or this is what I did with that information. It, it It's going to resonate with somebody like who has a, a similar mindset as you. Somebody who also doesn't look at tomorrow, can only see today. Um, we'll see things yep. or use that analogy that you used and like, oh, you know, I actually have a lot in common with this person. Um, and I just like the way that she or he described it and um, we'll be able to get something out of it that they may, may not from all of the other TypeScript courses or React courses that they took. Yeah, totally. Like there are so many people who are looking for your unique spin on the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are going to unlock that for people in a way that um, other people can't. And, and I feel like it's important to lean into your metaphors, right? Lean into your experience, like the things that are important to you, like those are the things that are going to like make it different, right? Like, yeah, it's all like at the end of the day, it all falls into like the TypeScript bucket, right? But the metaphors that you use, the experiences that you bring to it, like the, that, that path to TypeScript is like, it's all yours. And like, that's the part of it that you got to own and like, um, that will attract people to you for sure. Love it. Love it. Um, so we are getting pretty close on time. Yeah. The last part of our, um, of every episode, we want you to share a story. Um, this can be any story. It can be a, a story that your family has shared about you. Um, a funny story that happened to you in your day today, a funny story you read or not even funny, a sad story you read in a book, <laughs> just any story with us. So, um, Michael, I'll give you the floor. Okay, you cool. Story. All right. So, man, I, I was having a hard time, like, kind of deciding on on a story. I don't really – it's funny. I don't really, like, think that I have a lot of stories. But um, when I first started driving the car, I uh, – man, I don't even know where to start on this. Um, I, I, I guess maybe, like, first thing you should know about me is, is that I have a tendency to just fall asleep anytime, anywhere. Like, I, I'm a very easy fall asleeper. Not not <laughs> – like narcoleptic but like you know on the on the edge of maybe having like a proper medical condition okay um <laughs> that's an interesting and, description <laughs> so when i first started driving i wasn't really like uh like well equipped to manage this like in a car and uh i was at a friend's house i was at, in, in my mom's car we were playing video games super late and i had like maybe like a five minute drive back to my house and in that five minutes, I uh, managed to uh, fall asleep, honestly, after starting the car, like I was at a stoplight and I started driving. And then like in the 20 seconds after I started driving, I, uh, I fell asleep. It was like in, in the middle of like a 45 degree turn, too. It was like it, like total chaos. 90 degree. I don't remember. Anyway, so I'm in the middle of this turn. I fall asleep. And the next thing I know, I... It, like I hear this crazy loud noise. A mailbox is like flying through the now like crushed, like passenger side window of my car. And I just yank the steering wheel just in time to miss a like direct, like me on electrical pole collision. 
and just shave off the full right half of my mom's minivan. What? <laughs> Insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolute chaos. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I started driving late, so I was probably like 18 at the time. <laughs> Were you okay? <laughs> I was okay. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. I, was, I was miraculously okay. And um, I learned a lot from that situation. I, you know, I drove home. My, my parents were very strict and I thought that they were just going to kill me on site. Um, they did not, which was, uh, which was a miracle in, uh, on itself. Um, you know, I, I learned in that moment that kind of like, you know, people have a tendency to overcare about small things, but like in those big things is like, they're very, you know, forgiving and, and, and warm and whatnot. That was a big lesson. Um, but the thing that I kind of want to talk about to talk about as a summation of that story is, I remember feeling a lot of shame about what had happened and the damage that I had caused to that person's mailbox and, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know, maybe the, 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 the electrical pole outside of their house. Um, but I didn't do anything about it because I was 18 and I was stupid. And I just kind of like tried to like run away from, from my problems. And that serves as a reminder to me today about how, um, like, like that was, I don't know, I, I guess like call it bad karma or whatever, right? Like it's bad karma, right? And the, um, I remember now as I'm someone who like, you know, has a house and like people have a tendency to like, you know, kind of like, you know, accidents happen, right? And like as someone who has to maintain it now, like kind of like a ground where accidents happen, um, I'm just reminded that like, we're never fully separated from like the outcomes of our decisions and everyone has like this, this journey to walk down. And at some point we're like, some points we are the person who's like causing the trouble. And at some points we're the person who's like, you know, it, it, it fixing the problems. And I feel like that happens to us as devs, uh, you know, all, all along the, all along our journey. And, um, I think, you know, for people who are on that, like, kind of second half of their, like, career in tech, um, I think it's really important to remind ourselves that at once, we were young and stupid and we caused a lot of chaos. And we need to have grace for people as they are in that phase of life, um, doing the same thing and maybe ma making mistakes that we think now are stupid and avoidable, but because we have the luxury of making those mistakes ourselves. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this and you're kind of like in that like later half of your career, like, you know, just have some grace for people who are like making the same mistakes that you did because, you know, you got to make them like, you know, that's, that's part of life, you know, let people, let people live. <laughs> that's actually a really good lesson. I didn't expect that from, <laughs> from the smashing of the mailbox. <laughs> I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. It was it was fun to kind of you know sit through, uh, sit through that moment again. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was that was beautiful. So, um, fantastic, Michael Chan Chan. Um, I want to thank you for joining us on the Code Chronicles podcast today. If anybody's looking for you, which I'm sure they'll be trying to get part of this lunch dev um, community as well. Where yeah. can they find you and where can they join in this community? That's a good call. I meant to uh, shout that out right at the beginning. So um, lunch dev is on discord. It's uh, discord.gg slash lunch dev. 
So discord.gg slash lunchdev. Um, that's how you can get in there, hang out with uh, me and some really uh, some really great creators um, who are doing some really fun stuff and learning along the way, right? Like that's the biggest thing is we're, we're making mistakes along the way. We're learning together. Uh, you know, we're going to get there together. Um, and then, yeah, online, it's, uh, you know, at Chantastic most places. So like Twitter, GitHub. I mean, I don't really use Instagram, but I have Chantastic on Instagram. Um, and then I'm trying to do a little bit of streaming, figuring that out this year. It's part of like my kind of play mentality. Um, and that's on twitch.tv slash lunch dev. So kind of related to that lunch dev type of brand. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's me. Awesome. Thanks again. We'll put the links in the show notes as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Code Chronicles podcast, hosted by Ray Gisualdo and Shande Person. See you next time.